0: Hi, hello, and welcome back to Tory Talk Scripture. Here in this season of Lent, it is Holy Week. What a time. Um, If you're at church on Sunday or know anything about Holy Week, we celebrated Palm Sunday on Sunday. And what an interesting uh, time that is, because within a span of a few days, people go from basically having a parade for Jesus to wanting to kill him. And what a crazy concept to think about. Um, just how quickly our minds can go from one thing to another. And that's not particularly the point I'm getting to today, but just giving you some background um, as this is being recorded on a Wednesday. So some of you might listen to it today and tomorrow is Monday, Thursday, funny little thing, the little kids, whenever I'm like in Holy week, what do we celebrate on Thursday? They're like Monday, Thursday. And I look at them and I'm like, yes, we're creating a whole new day of the week, Monday, Thursday. No, it's Monday, Thursday. And this talks about when the last supper happened with his, with Jesus and the disciples. And as they go to pray, um, on Mount Olives. And I want to highlight a few things that that go on in this day. Um, This may be a story that you've heard many, but take a moment to reflect on it. I think the theme that I'm seeing today is Jesus's unending grace for us and God's unending grace for us. And grace is freely given nothing we can do can earn that. It's just, they want to give it to you. And um, I'll explain why that's the theme for today. And so, as we look at the Last Supper, they're gathered in this upper room together, kind of confused and unsure what's going on. And Jesus knows Peter's going to deny him. He knows that Judas is going to betray him. And yet, with all of the disciples in him, he washes their feet. And he lets them know what the body and blood are going to be and mean for them. I can only imagine that when they're sitting around this table and they hear Jesus, you know, take the bread and they're like, this is my body given for you. And and they're like, what? And, you know, same way he took the cup after supper and said, you know, the blood is shed for you. They didn't get it. I don't know that I would either. So I was sitting there reflecting sometimes i i try to close my eyes and put myself in that place and i don't know that i would be any different you know so if you look it says um Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of heaven comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you, do in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup as the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you, but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. So like he's talking about this, he's talking about his soon-to-be sacrifice, and then he then he calls out and goes, "One of you is going to betray me." And at this point, it would seem outlandish. Why would his nearest and dearest friends, companions, betray him after they knew all of the good that he did and and continues to do and wants to do? Also the fact that they're like what is he talking about he's not going to die they're still in denial about this they don't they don't get it they want to see it to believe it and yet he feeds them he gives them this communion with they're in communion together and he knows about the betrayal coming he knows about denying and it it it, it makes me laugh because i'm like if it was me Knowing all of what was going to happen and knowing this was just going to be a tough time, I, in my sinful nature, just couldn't do it. There's this unending amount of grace and love that Jesus has for us, even though He knows we're going to sin. Even though we think we don't deserve anything, and really we don't because we are sinners, but Jesus offers His hand of comfort. His words of peace when we come to him with our, our broken hearts and, and we lay them down at the foot of the cross and say, I can't I can't do this anymore. There's always redemption. The story doesn't end with us dying or with him dying. And so what I always like to point out during this time is when they are going to the Mount of Olives, so you know, Jesus knows what's coming. The disciples are still kind of like, what? And so they go up there and and Luke 22 and 39, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, father, If you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will be done, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he prays, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will be done, but yours be done might be one of the hardest prayers to pray. Jesus is saying, God, I don't want to do this, but if I have to do this, I will and give me strength. And that moment when you can release your will and say, I don't want to do this, but I will if you lead me there. And not like God, you know, was like, no, you have to do it. You're alone. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And yet he knew that God was with him and he still was in anguish and he prayed more earnestly. We're allowed to feel our feelings, to not want to do something, to tell God, this is too much. I can't. When we pray those things, often we just want someone to take it away, and there are times where God's like, no, but I'm going to give you the strength you need to do this. We have community. We have church. We have forgiveness of sins. We have the people around us that God provides and strengthens us so that we can get through these things that are so difficult that our brain says no. And God reminds us that he is with us in the anguish, in the hard times. He's with us. And even though (laughs) it's so funny, because later on, Jesus is like, when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from sorrow. He goes, why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you do not fall into temptation He wanted them to strengthen their faith. He knew the power that praying does. And in their weakness, they just couldn't find themselves to do it. And he knew that this this time was between him and God. That this was the time that he was about to be betrayed by Judas. And Judas was going to kiss his cheek. And off he would go. To sacrifice for us who... Don't always acknowledge him and the love that he has for us, but yet he will continue to have unending grace, love, and care for you no matter what. You are not too much. The anguish that you feel inside is not too much. Jesus can hold it and walk alongside you. He will always go before you and come right back to walk with you let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for showing us what it is to pray and showing us what it is to let God's will be done. I pray that we can look to you for the strength that we need to get through the hard times and to accept the unending grace that you have for each and every one of us. In your name we pray. Amen.